Our second lesson today comes from the book of Psalms. I'm reading the eighth Psalm, which is uh, one of the lectionary texts for this day. Listen as we keep opening our hearts to God's word. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. This recent week offered an interesting and memorable day. Some months ago, my wife Ginger and I purchased tickets to attend the U.S. Open Golf Tournament at the Congressional Country Club in Washington, D.C. So on this past Thursday, we spent the day walking the grounds of that beautiful spot, watching the best golfers in the world as they tried to sink shots and sink putts and make uh, extravagant shots. It was a cool day. The sunshine, the vibrant colors, the golf prowess of these individuals all created some lasting memories and some wonderful joy. But there was something else going on at this U.S. Open golf tournament. Cell phones, PDAs, electronic devices of any kinds, even cameras, were all prohibited. Prohibited. You could not even walk into the grounds onto that space with an electronic device. At every entrance, they had people with electronic detectors, and there was a bin for anyone who didn't take that rule seriously or didn't read the bowl print. No electronic devices allowed on the grounds. And good luck finding your electronic device in that bin at the end of the day. A high cost for not taking that rule seriously, a high price for not reading the bold print. However, the effect of this rule made for a wonderful experience for everyone. Even with almost 50,000 people in attendance, there was not one cell phone ringing. There was not one person talking on a cell phone. Maybe even more surprising, there was nobody texting. There were nobody sending emails from their personal data assistants, PDAs. 50,000 people at a golf course were actually watching golf. They were actually enjoying nature. They were actually interacting with the people that were around them. Not technology or devices. Now, I'm not here to slam cell phones or our technology and our all the wired connections that we have in so many places and in so many ways, we all benefit from this technology. In fact, how can I complain 
about cell phones or modern communications when I can connect instantly with my son who lives in Malawi, Africa, even on a daily basis. In fact, he called me on my cell phone today, cell phone today from his personal computer in Blantyre, Malawi, and we had a nice chat. He wished me a happy Father's Day. We can do this almost daily, even with video chats or emails or electronic connections. These things can enrich our lives, no doubt about it. But there's something pretty remarkable remarkable to me about 50,000 people in one place on one day and everyone disconnected from their wired world. Have we lost sight of who we are? Have we forgotten whose we are? I've been thinking about this lately. And just this weekend, I read a Facebook message from the former moderator of the PCUSA. This is a young guy who often has much to say, and even when he doesn't have much to say, he makes posts on his blog. But he stays very connected all the time. And on Friday, he posted this. Okay, everyone, I'm disconnecting for the rest of the day in order to spend time with my family. Connections can be so wonderful. Connections can be so helpful. Connections can enrich our lives. But we, when we have to announce that we're disconnecting for a few hours to pay attention to our family, we might want to pay a little more attention. Don't you think? I know too many of us, and perhaps the younger ones among us especially, feel so tied to technology and technological devices. And we, perhaps increasingly, are disconnected then from one another. Disconnected from family and friends. Disconnected from important interactions. Disconnected maybe from life itself. Have we forgotten who we are and just who are we? Well, according to Psalm 8, we're at the same time entirely insignificant in the vast world of God's creation. And according to Psalm 8, we are of utter importance to the God who made all of creation. The message translation puts Psalm 8 like this. I look up at the macro skies, dark and enormous. And then I look at my micro self. And I wonder, why take a second look our way, God? See, somehow, we as human beings live and move and have our being in this vast majesty of God, between the vast majesty of God on the one hand and as people who are loved, known, cherished, and are of utter importance to the God of all. I think this psalm is about remembering who we are. We are, on the one hand, so tiny, so minute. As another psalm reminds us, Psalm 90, the days of our life are about 70 years, perhaps 80, if we are strong. So tiny. The stars keep twinkling long after we are gone. The moon keeps glowing. The waves of six oceans are going to keep rolling into the sandy beaches just like they did yesterday. 
They're going to do it tomorrow and in all the days ahead, just like they did it millions of years ago. So timely. A new day will dawn tomorrow, whether we call it sunrise or not. We're but a tiny speck, really so insignificant next to the grandeur, next to the longevity of it all. Psalm 8 frames a question for God. What are human beings that you would be mindful of us, God? What are we that you actually care? Our lives are but a split second on the vast millennia of time and space. Split second. So where and when did we get the idea that it's all about us and our connection and our self-importance? When did we get the idea that all of our thoughts and all of our communications are so crucial all day long, and so we post them even, which can take over every moment of our lives if we're not careful, until some rule, no cell phones, no electronic devices allowed. Hmm, maybe we ought to pay attention to this a little bit. Have we forgotten who we are? Have we? We're merely a tiny blip, if that, on the vast scheme of God's expansive universe. We seem to have forgotten how small and insignificant and brief our life is. But then there's the next line of Psalm 8, and it says this, Yet you have made human beings a little lower than God. In other words, way up there. You have crowned human beings with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. That's the very next line. God has put all things under our feet. See, the same God who set the stars in motion, who put the galaxies in place, who fashioned uh, the whole universe, also fashions the eyelashes on our eyes. The God who made the oceans and the mountains so big and majestic and set the time so vast, also stitched together the iridescent feathers on the tiniest hummingbird and knows the deepest secrets of my heart and your heart. The God who painted the unique stripes on the zebra also decorated each of us in our peculiar shades and our peculiar styles and colors. And according to this psalmist, we may be a tiny speck, one grain of sand across the whole world of sandy beaches, one grain of sand. And yet still God cherishes us. God knows us. God crowns us with glory and honor. Amazing. Have we forgotten who we are? Known and loved and cherished by God who made the whole world, and yet we live in such a frenzy. Known and loved and cherished by God even to the very deepest secrets of our heart, and yet we live like we're in a race. So frustrated or perhaps perplexed about so many things, doing, going at such a rate, or maybe we live feeling beaten down. Maybe we live bruised and burdened and lost in despair and hurt. Maybe we have forgotten how lovely we are in God's eyes and how cherished we are in God's heart, how enfolded we are in God's care. Perhaps what we've forgotten is both of those truths about God. Perhaps what, what we've forgotten is both our smallness in the vast scheme of things, God's majesty and grandeur, and we've also forgotten our greatness. 
our cherished place in God's heart. It's easy to forget our smallness. It is. Through our industry, through our technology, through our politics, through our arrogance, even through our religion, we fool ourselves into thinking that we really are the master of our lives. We really are the rulers of the universe with health and wealth and everything else we might have, money, energy, time. We think we can do anything. We think we can go anywhere. We can control our own fate. We get to thinking like this. Our days are filled with duties and schedules and not thoughts about God's vastness. Our nights are filled with lights and TV screens or computer screens, not stars, not moons, not God's majesty. Who lives with real wonder in these days? Who lives with that kind of words that we just sang in how great thou art, really? Who lives with that sense of awe anymore? Do you? Do we? Who really contemplates God's amazing grandeur these days? We have places to go, folks. We have things to do. We have people to conquer. We have things to attain. That's how we think, isn't it? Wonder. Awe. Reverence, especially before God, those are not really in vogue these days, are they? It's also easy to overstep our cherished role in God's creation, too. Hey, a little lower than God's, that's what we like to hear. We've been given dominion over the beautiful earth, so we like salmon for dinner, so let's keep fishing them out of every stream. We've got to keep our technology running, our Cars fuel, so we keep burning it up, even at the expense of a balanced ecosystem. God has made us a little lower than God, so we can treat the earth, and we can treat other species, and we can even treat each other with very little respect. Less and less respect, in fact, and more and more selfishness. A little lower than the gods, that's who we are. Friends, it seems like Psalm 8 is calling us back calling us back to a faithful and important balance. Psalm 8 wants us to remember who we are really. So what if, what if, just what if this week and in the following weeks, we strive to open our eyes. When I look at the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you're mindful of us? What if we said things like that? Paying attention, looking around, seeing the beauty that is everywhere, the magnificence of nature, maybe that will help us recover a proper sense of wonder and awe. Indeed, what if we put down our electronic devices? I carry around two of them usually. What if we put them down and actually engaged more with those around us in real conversations? What if we turned off the screens? cell phones, computers, TVs, and let the silence connect us to the sacred? What if we let language connect us to loved ones? Real language, emotional language. What if we lit a few candles and looked beyond all the bright lights and saw the light of the world with a capital L? We're but a single drop. We're but a single drop in the water of the vast oceans that God has made. And a dose of awe and wonder might help us truly cherish the life that we've been given. And what if this week and in all the other weeks following in the summer, we work on living a little more simply? 
What if we strive toward more life with God? We're partners with God, a little lower than God, it says. Not to take and not to dominate all that we can. We're a little lower than God so that we can caress and care for life. What if we practice repentance and practice gratitude and practice humility? What if we thought about our lives a little less than God? That's who we are. And that phrase called us to a higher standard of loving, a higher standard of relating. What about that? What about that? There's a challenging saying that goes like this. The only Bible that some people are going to read is you. The only Bible that some people will ever read is your life, your very life. So what do people see about God and God's goodness when they see your life? What do they see about reverence and awe and wonder? What do people see about hope and shalom when they encounter you as one of God's own? What do people experience about God's love? What do people experience about God's grace when they experience you and us as this church family? Are our lives telling the story of God's majesty? Are they telling the story of the macro skies and the wonder of it all? Do our lives reflect God's cherished care and presence in our micro lives? Do they? Or are we so caught up in our personal business, our connections, our constant communications that our lives are way, way out of balance? Our world seems to be becoming more and more vitriolic. Our interactions seem more and more tense too often. Can people who are a little less than God, as it says here, treat each other and treat the world with such disdain? Can we? Wouldn't gratitude and generosity shape our daily habits if we indeed thought of ourselves as a little less than God and started acting a little more like God instead of greedy and grudges and grabbing? Wouldn't we live with more civility and care and compassion if we are indeed a little less than God? I think this balance that recognizes who we are, we're just a tiny fleck in the vastness of God's universe, and we are created a little less than God, meaning so special, so cherished, we have responsibility. That balance intends to set the framework for our lives, our living daily, you and me, our church, all of us, today and forever. We're not the center of the universe. God is. We live with wonder. We live with awe. We live with reverence. We live with respect. And even still, God cherishes us so much, loves us, even our little eyelashes, never leaves us, watches us, and keeps calling us to a certain kind of living a certain kind of loving, a certain kind of doing in the world that's about God's work. Between these vast extremes is a wonderful place to live. A wonderful place to live. Let us each strive for more wonder and more reverence and more awe at the macro God of the universe. And let us also strive to live as God's cherished people, our micro lives, Embodying God's love and light wherever we find ourselves in all we do, working for joy and justice and peace and wholeness everywhere. 
O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. Amen.